You're listening to a 95 BFM podcast. From our studio to yours, it's Various Artists with Francis and Liam. And welcome to Various Artists. I just, my name's Liam and my voice just went completely out. <laughs> my name is Francis. Yes, indeed, we will be with you for the next hour. Happy kind of almost Halloween, Francis. Yes, it's like we're almost there, aren't we? How many days? We've got about, like, it's Tuesday, so about five. That's got a lot of good Halloween plans going on over the weekend. Do you have anything booked for yourself? No, I don't think I do, actually. It's mm. mm, quite sad, Kind actually. of in the state of just, like, seeing if we need to prioritise uh, university study or just having a fun, spooky time. Yeah, but, it, it's the uni for me, unfortunately. Yeah. But not, not at the moment. Not right the now, moment. it's various artists' It's time. arts time. What do we have coming up? If I can uh, coming up on the show, I speak with Tim Bray, a trustee of Performing Arts and Young People Aotearoa, about the closure of the National Children's Theatre. I also speak to Johnson Monaco about Rehab, a dark comedy improv about addiction recovery opening at Basement Theatre next week. I had a chat with the poet Isla Huia about her tour of the motu that she will be taking with Liam Jacobson and Dominic Coey. And as always, to round off the show, we will take you through the art guide for Tamaki Makoto over the next week. We'd love to hear your thoughts on these pieces. So, you can text us on 5395. Why am I Or give us a call in the studio. We are on 309 3879 and do love to hear from you. Also, after the show, Koya e Wariwari e Ahiana Koto, Te Fakarongo ke Ene Korero Ano, Hepaki Hiri Roki Roki, Maronga Itipai Tsukutsuku, or Irirangi Poho, Mehariki 95BFM Irakatikom. You can catch all these chats and more by podcast on the 95BFM website. That's 95BFM.com. What's it all for? Various artists. In recent arts news, the National Theatre for Children is closing after a glorious 25 years of enthralling tamariki and akonga around Aotearoa. The work of the theatre has brought many children their first encounter with the magic of live performance. Those that made the decision to close the theatre say they celebrate its legacy of supporting the creation and delivery of high-quality live theatre designed for children. However, the programme has been heavily subsidised for many years to make theatre accessible and this model is no longer sustainable in the post-pandemic environment. To hear more about the closure and what it may mean for Tamariki and theatre, I caught up with Tim Bray, Artistic Director of Tim Bray Theatre Company and Trustee of Performing Arts and Young People Aotearoa. Hey, so we are talking today about the closure of Capital E's National Theatre for Children. To start off with, can you just explain to me what the National Theatre for Children has been? What's its history? Uh, for 25 years, it's been, you know, the flagship company for uh, Aotearoa New Zealand in terms of exactly what it talks to, Theatre for Children. It's been based in Wellington and been run, been run by Capital E, which is uh, fun, funded by the Wellington Museums Trust, Wellington Council um, and Creative New Zealand recently. And it obviously does shows in Wellington, but also uh, traverses them or to doing performances for children. And every two years it has been hosting a 
an annual, um, hosting a biannual festival, beg your pardon, of theatre for children, which is uh, bringing in uh, performances from around the country, but also international performances, um, as well as international delegates, you know, to, to partake in the festival. So that that's pretty much what the, um, you know, it's been doing for 25 years. And, and what's changed now? Why is it closing? I, I don't know the full extent. I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm on the board of Paper, which is the Performing Arts Young People and Aotearoa. Um, so we heard that it was closing. Capitally itself is going to continue. It's just an experiential centre in uh, downtown Wellington. But the National Theatre for Children is being closed. So for uh, for people like uh, myself, who run a theatre company for children in Auckland, but also uh, all our other practitioners across the country who might be you know, running theatre companies or sole practitioners uh, as puppeteers or storytellers or performers themselves, you know, it's a huge loss because it's, it's the flagship company. It's like saying that the you know, New Zealand theatre company, you know, not that we've got one, but New Zealand theatre company for adults is going or uh, New Zealand ballet is going or the New Zealand symphony orchestra is closing. It's, it's the national theatre for children. So it's a significant moment, yeah. And, and what implications does its closure have for you as a practitioner of children's theatre and your colleagues? I mean, for our, for, for our sort of, I mean, arts for us for, to start with is is underfunded in the country but particularly work for children is even more so because somehow children you know work for children is seen as not not as important as for adults or not as high quality as it is for adults um yet when we create work for children it has the same costs we we have to pay the same amount for advertising or rehearsals or actors and sets cost the same builders cost the same all the costs are exactly the same, but we can only charge, you know, family-friendly or school-friendly prices. Um, so the loss of a National Theatre for Children sort of, in, in a sense, <laughs> I think shows the lack of value that we have for arts for children um, because it's just not going... It's, it's, it's closing and it's really, really sad. What is the role of theatre in children's lives? What's what's the point of exposing them to live theatre at a young age? Well, I mean, I suppose for me personally, that's why I do theatre now uh, as an adult because I have really vivid memories of the shows that my late parents took me to really strong memories and so for an hour of a child's life theatre can really impact in so many ways because it's uh, the pulling together of storytelling and imagination and um, you know the, and, the, and particularly right now too where children are just heads down on, on, on devices that to put children in front of live storytelling which goes back you know back into the human <laughs> distances around the campfire that's how humans have um evolved we stories are important to us and the sharing of those stories are so valuable and so for for our organization we 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 why we think theater is so important is that it, it um we're sparking the imaginations of children and, and sort of getting their creative minds flowing so that you know they may not become artists themselves 
you know, as adults or, or um, but the fact that creativity is so important in terms of humans, you know, so they might become, you know, um, a scientist or they might become a mathematician or they might become an engineer, but it's that creative thinking that's so important in every, every human endeavour. Um, and so I think that's why it is so important for children. I similarly have very uh, vivid memories of watching theatre as a child and, yeah, it's sparking my imagination. But one of the things that I, I found compelling about um, theatre as a child was often theatre that wasn't overly didactic or trying to teach me about something in particular but rather just immersed me in a story, which I understand is was sort of one of the visions of the founding director of the National Theatre for Children. Is that... Um, that kind of theatre, a space that you see is particularly important? Yeah, I mean, we, we do theatre that is purely for enjoyment and purely for storytelling. That's our company. But it's not to say that uh, theatre can be used for educational purposes. And there are, you know, there are companies going across the country in schools um, and, not, and in theatres, you know, using theatre as a tool to teach and to educate, which has value as well too. But I think, yes, my, my preference is using a performing arts form just for the sheer enjoyment of, of, in, of being an audience member. Uh, as adults, or as an adult, my preference is going to something... Uh, a show that really inspires or, um, uh, I, um, you know, excite me, excites me or, or makes me laugh or makes me sad about the human condition. Um, it, it's, it, if, if I go to a piece of theatre that teaches me something, I'm <laughs> less interested in that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, not to say that educational theatre has, has, has any, any other value, you know, because it is important too. Hmm. And, and we often learn through, um, through stories, not through overt teaching. Yeah, and some children do, you know, some children may not learn uh, chemistry in a lab or learn physics you know, in a, in a class or learn maths in front of a maths teacher, they may learn those things another way by mm. a creative expression of a story. And they go, oh, I see, I get that, yeah. Mm. If this move to close the theatre were extended out through the country and the world, what, what do you think the world would look like without children's theatre? Oh, very sad and bleak, I would think, from a very young age. People, you know, parents and grandparents and aunties and uncles and Fano are telling stories to their children, and then also even in, within the family units, they're almost acting out those stories as well. And children themselves then act out stories in their imaginations. And so, therefore, if you don't have theatre, it's um, I would say a pretty bleak time. And in fact, it's one of those things that you know, in wartime sort of thing, it, you've got you know, uh, uh, you know, first aiders, or, or um, uh, and then the next people coming in are, are clowns you know, mm-hmm. into war-torn areas. You know, because of that value that children need storytelling and, and need imaginations and need creativity to thrive and to, and to be human. Mm, and yeah, and to make sense of the world. So. Yeah. The reality is, is this is happening. The theatre is closing. They're doing their last shows uh, at the moment. What What do you see coming out of the closure? Do you think this is a hole that needs to be organically filled? I don't know how. Mm. <laughs> um, um, 
it, it was a well-funded organisation through, I, I believe, Wellington Council and also Creative New Zealand. Um, they, they were an investment client of Creative New Zealand. And there are 81 investment clients of Creative New Zealand across the country. And there are only two of those 81 that are dedicated to work for children. So there was Papali and there were Storylines, and Storylines is work, their work is children's literature. So now we've got 80 investment clients of Creative New Zealand and only one, which is Storylines, which is children's literature. So, yeah, our, our little small sector, of, which is actually quite huge, um, of, of performing arts in New Zealand is under underinvested and undervalued already. So it's going to take a heck of a lot of, of future investment to, to, to replace what, what, what we've lost. That was Tim Bray, Artistic Director of Tim Bray Theatre Company and Trustee of Performing Arts and Young People Aotearoa, speaking with me about the closure of the National Theatre for Children. You're on Various Artists. It's great to have your company. If you do have any feedback on what we've got playing on the show today, you can flick us a text. We're on 5395 and love to hear from you. We will be back soon, but for now, this is The Clean with Do Your Thing. Do your thing Always someone to put you down
Return to the Nest this summer for New Zealand's leading independent music festival. 95BFM presents Nest Fest January 5th and 6th at Tomoana Showgrounds. Jam-packed with a truly magical lineup of world-class acts featuring... The Exponents... Genesis Owusu... Catch a Fire... Lady Six... Leisure... Massilius Pittman... Promised Land... Suo... Malice K and more. 95BFM presents Nest Fest January 5th till 6th at Tomoana Showgrounds in the stunning Hawke's Bay. Get your tickets now from nestfest.co.nz. The nominees for the Student Radio Network Awards are out. Te tohu kohinga, Mario. Favourite album brought to you by APRA AMCOS NZ. Alphabet Head and Young Ghost. Bad Taste 2. Clementine Valentine. The Coin That Broke the Fountain Floor. Deep State. Dreams. IE Crazy. Country Justice. Office Dog. Spiel. Ripship. Fearsome Engine, Soft Plastics, Saturn Return, Vera Allen, Ideal Home Noise, Violet Hurst, Donegal, Womb, Dreaming of the Future Again. He tohu kahurangi e kawea mai kia koutou nā te reo reka o Aotearoa. Outstanding Achievement Award brought to you by NZ Music Commission. And on the night to find out. Don't miss the Student Radio Network Awards 2023. Saturday, November 4th, 7pm. Listen live on air or watch on the SRN YouTube page. Mass Appeal is here to resurrect your Sunday mornings with jazz, funk, hip-hop, house and other slick selections from the sacred vault of High Priest, Pudge. Mass Appeal, every Sunday morning from 10 to midday on 95BFM. Only positive critiques. Honest. Various artists. That is right. You are on various artists. Thank you for your text. We've got some great points about the closure of the National Youth Theatre. Indeed. Saying, uh, yeah, that it, it's pretty hard news to hear and that creativity and storytelling is really po- important for our mental health, which I think Liam and I would definitely agree with. Most definitely. Yeah. And if you've got any other thoughts, then you can text them through to 5395. We would love to hear from you. On a bit of a lighter note now, poets Isla Huia, Liam Jacobson and Dominic Coey will be going on a tour across the Motu throughout late no- November and early December. The trio will be heading to the wine cellar here in 
and Tamaki Makoto on the 8th of December, as well as Golden Bay, Otapoti, Otatahi, and Te Whanganui Atara. This comes off the back of each poet releasing their own poetry books throughout 2023. I had a chat to Isla about the tour and how it came to fruition. I'm Isla Huya, um, and I am a writer, among other things, a teacher usually during the day, but um, yeah. I'm a writer, and I'm from Otautahi. So earlier this year, you announced uh, the tour that you'll be going on across the Matu with the poets Dominic Hoey and Liam Jacobson. In Aotearoa, you very seldom see nationwide tours for poets, at least in this sense, where it's like, it's got the very much so the same vibe as like a proper um, music gig with a bunch of bands, but it's going to be fun, nice little poetry readings. I guess, what the idea for bringing these three poets, yourself included, together for this tour come from initially? Originally, Dominic Hoey obviously um, runs Dead Bird Books, the publishers, and so they published my book earlier this year, and they're um, publishing or have just published uh, Liam's books this year as well, and Liam and I met at my book launch up in Auckland um, in June, I think it was, and back then it was just an idea we were throwing around that it would be... um, a cool thing to do. Um, it's nice because I'm down in Christchurch. To, I don't know. Sometimes it feels like a lot of the art-centric things are going on in Auckland and Wellington, but we wanted to kind of go to the littler places as well and um, kind of just, yeah, take poetry on the road a bit. I know exactly what you mean. It is quite like a music tour or something, but, um, yeah, I guess the idea just came from the three of us um, all agreeing that it would be fun and a good way to kind of um, make poetry a bit more accessible because often it's so restricted to like writers festivals and like literary events and there's also awesome venues so while it's quite hard to get a venue in Auckland there are places in Dunedin and um, Christchurch and Wellington and Golden Bay that are um, available so it just seems like too good of an opportunity to pass up really. Yeah, I mean, what sort of poetry are you planning on bringing to these events? Well, I, from the, from my book, I suppose, um, which came out earlier this year, that's probably a lot of what I'll be reading from. So I have done my book this year, Liam is doing his book this year, and Dominic has also just um, published another book. So we've all got kind of new content that we're wanting to share. Um, So it's not a a launch as such, um, it's a tour, but within that it's a way for us to um yeah i guess show off and promote our new work that we've all come up with so i would say that um i'm not sure if i can really accurately describe why but liam and dom and i's poetry is quite uh similar um and we're both really we're all really interested in performing in places that go outside of the like typical writerly you know events and spaces like bookshops and libraries and things and making poetry more um yeah, available to, I don't know, all sorts of people that maybe don't feel super comfortable hopping into a very literary um, environment. So there's definitely similarities between us as writers and within our work as well, but we'll definitely be um, reading predominantly from our books that have all come out this year. Yeah, and I guess within that, you're really able to see as a part of this toward the different scenes of poetry within Aotearoa. Like you mentioned, you're from Otatahi. Uh, Liam is from up here in Tamaki Makoto. Um, and each of these sorts of 
scenes are a bit more self-contained. Do you guess, mm-hmm. I guess, are you trying to kind of like bring it more across the module rather than just within the specific regions with the store? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, I did an event recently at the New Zealand Young Writers Festival in Dunedin, and um, that was really like the whole co-popular of their event was about moving away from an idea of what kind of writing is or who gets to kind of qualify as a writer or what events and spaces writing happens in. So I think there is not just at that festival, but in general, and definitely for me and Dom and Liam, a desire to kind of break out from these very little, little scenes and move more widely and bring poetry to other spaces that perhaps it hasn't been in so much. And you're totally right. Like, there are niche little areas. There are some people who do spoken word poetry, um, and that in itself is quite a scene. And then, well, you know, like slam poetry, sorry, I should say. So there are little areas little pockets I suppose of people who know about it um but it's nice the idea that we're taking it a little bit further and and wider hopefully to some new uh audiences for sure have you performed much of your mahi outside of Otatahi I remember you mentioned before that you were down in Otapoti Dunedin for the New Zealand Young Writers Fest have you spent much time say in Tamaki or the Tawanganui Otara or you also mentioned uh, going to the Golden Bay as part of these the store is it kind of like a new experience for you in that sense it is a bit yeah um I've definitely I've performed in Auckland quite a few times um especially back when I was a bit younger and I was more interested in slam poetry so I did a couple of competitions where the um, national finals were up in in Tamaki um, and my, I did a book launch up in Tamaki this year just because obviously the publishers is Auckland based so I came up for that and I feel somewhat at home within the Tamaki scene because I've kind of always lived between Auckland and Christchurch and have my siblings and my dad up there so I, I'm, I feel um, quite at home there but uh, Wellington and I've never performed poetry in Golden Bay, never performed poetry in, and Otipote Dunedin was um, just the first time I did that was just recently for that New Zealand Young Writers Festival. So it is really nice to feel like you are um, kind of breaking out of the people and the area and the scene that you're used to because writing can become quite, um, I suppose it's kind of like it's an insular thing to do anyway, but then if you're always with the same people in the same areas doing the same thing, it can get kind of much 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 of the same really so it'll be really cool to break out of that and go to some new places and hopefully meet some new people too is there any new material that people might be hearing on this tour from yourself or any of the others yes there definitely will be um definitely will be from me um my book has been out for longest i would say yeah out of the three of us i think um and so i have definitely been thinking about wanting to have some new material as well because obviously I do quite a lot of random um, events and gigs when I'm not working down here and I did my book tour, uh, not my book tour, sorry, my book launch in Auckland and my book launch in Christchurch. So I have, um, I'm definitely wanting to share some new content as well so it doesn't feel like I'm just kind of regurgitating the same thing. So yeah, there will definitely be new writings from me and then um Dom and Liam's new books, which are both amazing. So, yeah, there should be lots of new things um, to look forward to as well. Awesome. So I guess just to close out, when will you be uh, performing up here in Tamaki Makoto? 
Um, so we are going to be at the um, wine cellar on the 8th of December um, at 8pm, which will be really cool. And then the next night we will be in Wellington at Meow at 7pm. And then the weekend before is all of the um, South Island dates. So we're spreading it over two weekends. That was Isla Hulia chatting about her poetry tour with Liam Jacobson and Dominic Coey. You are on Various Artists. It is great to have your company. If you want to let us know how you're going today, you can text in on 5395 or Give us a call on 0909-3879. Got a quick track from Price Giving. This is Mid-Year Planner. I know that I'm seeming kind of troll at the bar. I know that I'm seeming kind of slow in conversation. I'm gearing up to tell you that I'm sick of myself. Can you preach visibly? I really need to know that you've heard it. I don't do shit, I write these songs. Then charge them! The songs that usually juice up my powers aren't working! I need new music! Flying Out will have new music for you. There might even be a new genre that will turbo boost your powers. Flying Out, your local record store off Karangahubi Road at 80 Pitt Street. Open from 10am every day, stocking all the good stuff. And always open online. Free shipping throughout Aotearoa. 
Hey, what's happening at Ponsonby Social Club this week? Ponsonby Social Club presents Asian Soundscapes, a month of Pan-Asian ecstasy, Thursdays, Fridays and Saturdays in October. The very best local Pan-Asian creatives are set to immerse you in a rich tapestry of Pan-Asian music, comedy and culinary delight. Featuring Angela Dravid, Club Ruby, DJ Karen Tahir, Phoebe Rings, Ray Leslie, Scalper and heaps more. Plus a special kitchen pop-up by Naman and the Strawberry Pig. Asian Soundscapes at the Ponsonby Social Club, Thursdays, Fridays and Saturdays Saturdays this October. Tickets available from Under the Radar. What kind of music am I into? I didn't... I'm not uh, actually just into one genre. My tastes are very broad and eclectic and broad. Everything apart from country and heavy metal. That's funny because I only listen to metal. And country? No, that's a couple of shows before. The Hard, Fast and Heavy Show. show, show. Two hours of punk, hardcore, goats, doom, metal and thrash with Paddy and crew. The Hard, Fast and Heavy Show. 11pm to 1am every Sunday night. Only on 95BFM.
Brand New Colony by the Beths and Pickle Darling off of their recent little split that they did with Cassia Headrest covering Postal Service and Death Care for Cutie. Just before that, we had Mid-Year Planner by Pricegiving. Furious Artists with Francis and Liam. So you can go to the opening for more than just the snacks. You are on Various Artists. Rehab is a show coming to Basement Theatre in early November. Based on lived experience, this unscripted dark dramedy explores early recovery for an eclectic mix of addicts and alcoholics within a residential rehab. To hear about the show, I caught up with one of its cast members, Johnson Monaco. Here we are now. So tell me about Rehab Johnson, this show that you're part of coming up at Basement Theatre very soon. What's it about? Um, it's about sort of the people in early recovery. That's people that struggle with addiction, drugs, uh, alcohol, etc., and they are finding their way through the, the struggles of living without being in a life of sober, uh, being a life of being sober. And how does the how does the work take form? What what kind of theatre is it? So it's it's pretty cool actually. It's a devised and improv show, so it's not scripted. All all the stuff you'll see is all of our hard work that we put in in our rehearsals. That we we train improv and devise, and so what you will see on on each night is straight off the dome. So it's entirely improvised, it's not scripted at all? No. And what's that been like workshopping that with the cast as you've prepared? Well, we've got uh, a, we've got a lovely cast of uh, senior rehab cast members that have been on a prior uh, season. So they have they have been guiding us through the difficulties of improv, which is a bloody challenge in itself. And they're able to be patient with us and then show us their little tricks, as well as put in that that uh, you know their training session, grind us in those rehearsals, and guide us at the same time. Why do you want people to come and see the show? What's your hope that they'll take from it? My biggest hope is, my biggest hope that people take away from this is that addiction affects us all. And if you are struggling with addiction or know someone who's struggling with addiction, this will help shed some light on what other people um, have been going through and that you're not alone in this world where, you know, you've got to, it's, a shameful thing to say that you're an alcoholic, you're a drug addict, you're a so on, so on. So this is just to shed light on that on that message that it's okay to ask for help, that it's okay to go to AA meetings, that it's okay to you know, work on yourself and improve upon these addictions that have been you know holding you down when you're trying to you know when you're when you're de- dealing with it alone. The publicity for the show speaks about it being based on lived experience. Is that something that's common among the entire cast? Well, I'm, I'm going to just speak for myself. Yeah, sure. Yes, for me, uh, I have lived a life where a lot of my elders, because I'm the oldest grandson, so a lot of my elders are raging alcoholics or they're 
on meth and sort of like having to navigate that sort of lifestyle. You know, I grew up with observing all the, the behavior of what drugs and alcohol does to people and then growing up having, uh, you know, been, been dealing with it, dealing with the situations that happen and then my own struggles with the sort of uh, with alcohol and other other addictions. Yes, for me, I've definitely lived through those experiences and obviously and been around it as well. Mm. And and how did acting come into your life, Johnson, in that space? Well, funny enough, I did I did a play called I did a play called Macbeth, <laughs> and I played Macduff, uh, and that and the rush of that I was maybe uh, year ten. I can't remember what age that is, but I just remember it was year ten, and I loved the rush of being on stage because uh, prior to that, and actually throughout my school school life, I had been a quiet kid to myself kid, um, so I didn't continue acting in school, but I always held on to that moment up until I realized in a particular incident that happened when I was working security that I cared about what other people thought and it held me down to the point where I never pursued a passion that I really enjoyed. Mm. And so I made myself, I grew myself as a person and two years ago I moved to Auckland to pursue that. Mm, and what's that journey been like since then, since you made that choice? Oh, it's been amazing. I've loved every <laughs> single bloody moment because, man, without it, I think I would I would not be here because having something like acting to to, to express my emotions, to express my uh, trauma, so to speak, out into my body, out into art forms that people can see, people can enjoy, it, it gives me more than a rush it gives me like a sense of purpose because in my family no one's really uh no one has unfortunately no one has the drive to pursue their passions or other means outside of the circle of just living in a small town work at the the job that everyone else is working at there's no more drive um which i'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that it's just there's nothing more than that they want for themselves, but the small box that they put them in. And like I said, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just for me, I needed something more to have a bigger purpose because like I said, I'm the oldest grandson. So that means I've got plenty of younger family members that I want to show them that we can pursue our passions. We can break the circle. We can, we don't have to worry about what our elders want us to do. Like, even though they, they may care for us, but we can do what we want to do as long as it's for the right reasons instead of the wrong. Mm. And will you uh, invite your younger cousins and younger whanau to see rehab, or is that a bit old for them? I would I would love to. Unfortunately, I, I always open invite my family to my stuff, but, you know, unfortunately I am uh, someone who doesn't really get that support from maybe when they get older you know mm. I will always keep that sort of door open for them to come see but that will be something for when they get older so they can you know you know drive themselves they are 
yeah, I guess mm. too young to drive themselves. Who you do obviously have support from is the, the cast and crew of of Rehab. What has this show in particular, in light of the acting that you've done over the past few years, what what is your particular reflection of, of this show and your contributions to it? My reflection on the show, it's never, there's nothing wrong with always improving yourself mentally and physically. And my contribution to the show is I'm always open to say what's on my mind, like how I'm feeling and letting people know that the experiences that I've lived or that anyone's lived is not a crutch. If anything, I use it to my advantage to push me forward. That's my contribution to the show. So where can people go to see Rehab if, they, if they'd like to come and watch? Rehab is playing at the Basement Theatre from the 7th of November to the 11th of November. And if you come on the 7th, I'll be opening I'll be opening our show alongside Elliot and the director, Elizabeth Crawford, because each show has three focus characters and we get to start off the, the show run on the 7th of November. That was Johnson Monaco speaking with me about rehab opening at Basement Theatre, as he said, on November the 7th. Coming up next is Powderfinger by Neil Young. You're on BFM.
is the 95 BFM Art Guide on various artists. It's paintings in that. Alrighty, to start today at Amade, Friday the 27th of October. Tonight at Samoa House Library on Klanghape Road is the launch party for the Spoiled Fruit scene from Bad Apple and Apopro Press. Uh, there will be poetry readings from a variety of Tamaki's finest and that will be on from 6 till 9pm. Also today from 6 till 8, join related articles in celebrating their 8th release, Mutuals by BJ Leo. That is on over at Audio Foundation. And lastly for today, Chick Habit is on at Basement Theatre tonight and tomorrow. This is a new play by Nuan Zhijing, developed as a part of Proudly Asian Theatre's Fresh Off the Page initiative. Tomorrow on Raharoi, Saturday the 28th of October, Freakout is across Kalangahape Road with all sorts of spooky art, music and kai. Celestial Corner will also be hosting a Halloween market in St. Kevin's Arcade and there will be dancers on at the Pocket Park from the Dance Plan Collective as well as Hannah Tasca Poland. That is also on from 5 to 9pm and lastly tomorrow the Cupid pop-up market is on at Cupid Par in Point Chev over at uh, that was wrong. That is on from 11 till 3. And also tomorrow over at Totai Pacific Arts Trust, Yuki Kihara will be having a kōrero about her work from 7pm. Ratapu Sunday the 29th of October, Tom Sainsbury's new thriller Loop Track will be getting an early preview at Academy Cinemas. There will also be a Q&A session beforehand. Rapa, Wednesday the 1st of November. Indeed, it is somehow November. Don't like that. It's we weird. Like that. <laughs> Open studio will be on at Te Wai, uh, Nutukaha Gallery. That's 40 St Paul Street, showcasing the work of visual arts students at the university, uh, at Auckland University of Technology. Rapare, Thursday the 2nd of November. Over at the kit will be a book uh, book presentation of Slow Boil, collecting reflections on the unfolding exhibition and public creative research project that was held at Artspace Aotearoa from the 29th of May till the 7th of August 2021. That's it for the art guide, but if you do have anything you'd like to get on it, feel free to get in touch with us, um, usually by, uh, via email, that's arts at 95bfm.com. That was the 95BFM Art Guide. Various Artists with Francis and Liam. Koera te hotaka katoa mō tēnei wiki, me te, uh, ne te mihiki e koutou katoa e kōrero mai ki o mō tēnei rā. That's all for us on Various Artists for today. A big thank you to everyone who chatted with us. On my end we had Isla Huia. And on my end Tim Bray and Johnson Manako. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can listen back to all those chats and more at 95bfm.com. Ka hoki mai mātoa a wiki. Next up is Land of the Good Groove. You are listening to 95BFM.
That was a 95BFM podcast. Support 95BFM with a B card. Go to 95BFM.com slash sign up.